Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Suave Talk, presented by Bomb, Chevy, and Buick in Clinton, Illinois. Our guest today, Turbo, needs no introduction. It's T-Mac, Tim McCready. T-Mac, are you uh, recovered from Lernerville Firecracker 100 dominant performance? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, we didn't really stick around long. I had to uh, go to my son's birthday party was the next morning, so it was a straight shot home six hours and uh uh 20 25 foot water slide uh blow up water slide and all kinds of craziness for the kids the next morning did you go down it i'm, I'm not recovered from that yet but i'm recovered from the race <laughs> perfect so uh yeah i was gonna ask you just how much sacrifice is it sacrificing is it when you have to go back and forth like that six hours is a long time especially when you have to go all the way back south to florence well i mean for me it's it's been it's actually the way uh, you hope your career can kind of start going. I, I mean, I worked on this stuff as long as uh, anybody has and, and started off at the bottom with open trailer when I first started racing. And then as I progressed and got rides and did different things, uh, I'm in a unique situation now where I don't have to really do much. I mean, and the guys trust me that uh, if I decide to take a two hour and a half during the afternoon, uh, we're going to run better. So, um, and now I have a good family life and everything else seems to be going good. And as long as Donald's happy and everybody's happy, uh, we'll keep doing it this way. If it changes, then, uh, you know, I'll, uh, like Turbo will tell you, um, you got to be like a chameleon in this sport. Sometimes you need to be the tire guy. Sometimes you can be just a driver with a helmet. And sometimes you're the truck driver. It kind of just depends on what the, the guys with all the money want us to do. Turbo, what do you got, buddy? I mean, you won this weekend, but do you think you're a better driver now than you were 20 years ago? Because everybody says when you were topside Timmy with the bleach blonde hair, way better race car driver and more fun to watch. I thought you were more fun to watch back then. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I've never been able to uh, live off of T-shirt sales. So, uh, uh, I mean, I know I know ripping the deck out and, and burning around the cushion sells T-shirts, but uh, Usually at the end of the night when you, you cash the big check, it's uh, you, you got to be able to do both. You got to know when to when to do it and when not to do it. And I, I guess I'm a late bloomer on the uh, on the when to be slow and low type conditions because, I mean, people forget when I first went late model racing, I was in my 30s. So I'd been beating down the cushion since I was in my early 20s to mid 30s. And now I'm in my high 40s. I just think uh, I think the crew guys appreciate it some nights when. I run 12th and, and we bring the car intact just because that way we can work on shocks and springs instead of working on changing bent axles and T-bars and things like that. But I don't know if I'm any more exciting or less. I know my pocketbook has gotten a lot bigger since I've learned to uh, try to keep the car underneath more than, than tearing it up. Fair enough. So <laughs> You'll get there. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you all the time. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Everybody gets there. I know the fans want... Uh, I don't know, you know, I, I was a, I'm a monster truck fan. I, I'm a wrestling fan. I, everybody wants the glory and the, the destruction and everything else. But uh, when you do this as long as I have, if you want to go get see some destruction, you just go to the demo derby and watch them guys do it. Uh, it it's hard to work on these cars, man. They cost a lot of money. And um, it, it's nice to have a combination of both where you're not 100% tearing the car up and still can race hard and, and bend some sheet metal. I'm all about that, uh, but some of the conditions, 
Um, yeah, I've already lived it. I don't want to keep rehashing them and things like you guys had the other night in some of these tracks. I don't want to keep doing that. Fair enough. <laughs> so when you got rid of the blonde hair, is that when your driving style changed? Is what you're saying? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I got rid of long and blonde hair at Eldora. Chief Aaron Warmer had a, um, a deal where you'd cut your hair off for cancer type thing. And I forget how much money we raised up, but it was a huge deal at Eldora one year. And, uh, and back then I didn't even realize I had gray hair because I was dying it so much. And then lo and behold, like if you, I don't know if you can see it, but the minute I cut it off, it was all gray right down the middle. I'm like, what in the heck just happened to me? So, uh, got old fast and, and that's where I'm at now. It's, um, I'm too old to probably go back to all that stuff. Uh, unless it paid way better. If, if somebody wants to start paying me a lot of money to, uh, I'll dye my hair a different color every day if it's worth the money at this point, because I need retirement. Okay, Bless so you me. cut your teeth. Oh, there you go. Very nice. You cut your teeth in big block racing, but I have to ask you, how sweet is, was Syracuse and how awesome was the ghetto? Kovac talks about it all the time. Oh, uh, the ghetto was just like any, whether it be I would imagine, because I was never there, or Talladega for maybe cup racing where there's stuff going on all night long. The, the ghetto was a enormous party slash bonfire that, over the years, some of the stuff you'd seen, you just, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't believe you could do it and get away with it and, and, and have that much fun doing it. And, and, uh, and the police that were there didn't really bother anybody. Just tried to keep everybody safe as possible. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of those things have gone away. I, I don't know what happens, whether as we've gotten older, you just figure, wow, man, I, I got away with so much when I was younger, I probably don't need to do that anymore. Or the younger version of people don't, don't maybe go as all out late at night as we used to but also like i said the racing so much harder you got to get up and work so uh as far as syracuse i never cared much for the track um even when i was faster it just you're out there on a mile track you're out there cruising around cruising around you're going fast but you can't pass the car in front of you and i i don't know it's it's it was a unique thing that had its time and place in history uh i'm i'm happy it's gone personally <laughs> it didn't really do much for me did you know Kovac almost got jumped in the ghetto one time? Did you ever tell you that? You know, Kovac, a long time ago, was way <laughs> more outgoing and, and way more. Um, he's got some stories hanging out with some people like uh, Dave Stonebreaker and some of the guys we used to all hang out with and, and everything else. Uh, he, he's he's really reserved today versus what he was. It's, he's almost like a different person. So he, he doesn't ever let loose like he used to. And, um, I mean, heck, I went to his wedding and, and, and uh, actually happened to catch the, uh, his, his wife's his wife's garter there. So, you know, I, I've her and I know almost each other intimately after after you catch something like that and you get to reach around in there. So it's, uh, you know, um, it is what he he's a lot more reserved than he used to be. Let's just say that he used to be a pretty, pretty wild guy. But, uh, you know, times have changed for all of us. I used to be a pretty wild guy myself now, but uh, now I'm a. Uh, after we leave the races, I'm, I'm about to try and take it easy and, and get ready for tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. He uh, he blames it because back in the day, Ari Auto was only a deadline on Monday. So he could, like, you know, have a little fun, you know, after races during the week. Now, like, dirt on dirt in the internet, you have to post it right away. So that's why he's reserved. Turbo, what do you got? He's probably right. All right. So times change. Obviously, racing was more fun back then. That's what everybody, Randall will say it, you'll say it, everybody will say it. And you're a good advocate for this. Just tell 
just kind of explain why racing was more fun a because of the actual racing like racing sucks right now. does it not like pulling out a line trying to pass a guy unless you were as good as you were this week does it not Can well just i mean give an you get well how good how good was i started on the pole outside pole got the lead and going into turn one right and then every time i caught lab traffic i struggled and and that that's the craziest thing like so what i've told people and i don't know if it's the chain rule or what's doing it i think it's the deck height coming down for a lot of teams is what happens is when you lose downforce off the back tires across the board it doesn't make the racing better because once you go down to like if i'm up behind a car and at the last minute this guy decides to peel off towards the infield and i want to turn sideways above them up on the cushion and i don't have no right rear stick because i've lost all this rear downforce you just can't charge in as hard as you used to and so what ends up happening is you float and you float into the cushion and now you're late and now your corner's late and now you have no exit speed and next thing you know that guy didn't do nothing somehow he held you off and it has nothing to do with popping wheelies from the nose pieces or anything it has everything to do with the back end is just not in the racetrack as much. And when it's not, you just can't charge off in there. When I first started driving these cars, they were so unhooked. Like I spun out warming the tires up at Hagerstown before for hot laps. Just and and then you saw racing like that 15, 20 years ago, where you just didn't whip out and drive around somebody. Um, and then we got these cars really good. We got them so right we're stuck that you say guys like yourself and Bobby Pierce and guys making all these crazy moves that we never saw for a long time in this division. And and now I, I don't know why they come up with what they come up with, but we're, we're, we're going back. Everybody's like, oh, if you just put the bodies back the day we were in 1981, things would be better. They wouldn't, we'd race terrible. We'd wear tires out, we'd chunk tires out and we wouldn't have no stick. The only reason we've been good for a decade is because we got right rear stick. And when you got right rear stick, you can be aggressive. And when you don't have it, you, you, you kind of float. Uh, it's a weird way to say you just run that middle to the, and you go all the way across the track, which I've been doing that for all year and it sucks. But when you're the leader, it's okay. It's okay when you're the leader because you can use all the racetrack. And um, I don't know what the answer is personally. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm done whining about it. I know we got to, we all got to race it. So uh, tell the powers that be that, that, which isn't any of the drivers or the teams to the powers that be that are above us decide that they've seen, enough of the hard charger coming from 21st to 16th you know here we are i mean i hope it gets better but uh i can't say that i know that it will i'm hoping that suave can tell rigsby because he's in charge of all this shit. that's why i was i yeah. wanted to say it he's the higher up i'll get a hold of him we'll get a hold of him yeah all right Suave. i don't think anybody disagrees like it, it, it's it's honestly like the craziest thing even even like the race last weekend i like I said i led led every lap and, and there was a couple times where I saw the the signal guy, the sticks got really close, and, and even on the last lap. But I get him between Hudson and then Brandon, he couldn't really do much because he's he just loses a little bit of rear stick up off the corner, and then that's it. You're done. You're, you're sitting there, like, stalled out or something. And, and um, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I wish we could try to maybe alter some of this stuff, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it was my opinion, the race was way better when we didn't groove inside tires because we had downforce, but we didn't have as much stick. So then you could run a soft right rear tire versus the harder compound, and maybe a guy would zip out in front for 15 to 20 laps, and as he's fading, here come the guys on the hard tires. 
the downforce deal is tough. I mean, years ago we took spoilers off the cars at rolling wheels. The cars went at exactly the same speed and everybody's like, oh, that'd be better racing. It, 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 we would have raced horrible if they did it that way. So it's, you just can't lose rear tire grip. And that's where we're at right now. So, um, you know, and we've talked to these guys to your blue in the face, the promoters or the guys that run the tours. And they, I, I, I'll tell you, I talk with Robbie Allen all the time. And the craziest thing is what we talk about is for some reason, I think the tech guys truly believe that every day I sit in my shop and I figure out how to cheat, man, how am I going to cheat? I, I got to really cheat this rule so bad to get an advantage. And I don't think what they understand is, is 99% of the time, we're just trying to get to the next race. We got so much work to do and everything's going on. We do not sit in this shop all day long figuring that if I skew this body out past what the rule says, I'm going to immediately be way better. I mean, there is teams that probably do that. They have no way of backing up whether it works or not, honestly. Like, I had my body skewed five years ago way more than where I was skewed the last two-plus years when I was winning all these races because there's a point, no matter what you do in racing, where it gets way worse. And it was way worse five, six years ago when we were doing it versus two years ago. So it's just, you know, I, I don't know where these, where, why they focus on what they do, but, you know, if they ever sat down with the competitors to do it and the crew guys, they probably could get, we'd tear about 30 pages out of this rule book and all be happier. I agree, for sure. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, it's not, it's common knowledge. Ask anybody in the pit area that does it. You know, it's just common knowledge. So what about big blocks? I mean, if you went big block racing today, would you be like, I got these motherfuckers. I'm changing it. No. Done. <laughs> I don't think so. I ran, I ran, uh, like people forget, I went through Charlotte last year with a big block, didn't make the race. And that's probably the first time in my career. They're, they're heading down the same path. Um, you, you get these cars and you start making them where they're, they're, it's not that the field gets tighter. It's that they get where you're stuck in one lane and one groove. And then like with them cars, if there's a four foot high cushion, or two foot, a big cushion, guys are flipping. Like the cars are so stuck on the right rear and so laid over. They're not really stuck, they're just laid over. And the design of these cars now that's fast for a 100 lap race makes them very uncomfortable to drive. Uh, so you don't see anybody up on the cushion hardly anymore. And you don't see a lot of guys coming from the back to win partly because it's just as fast to run through the worst part of the racetrack. Um, and it isn't because the cars are hooked up, it's because they're un, they're laid over so bad and they'll just capsize if you get near any type of grip. So uh if if I had the answers, man, I would do it. But I, I don't I don't have a big block, but I'd love to have one in my shop in my own house to to mess with and to, to get way better. But I, I you know, nobody's given me the opportunity to do it. But there's also I mean, I gotta concentrate on what I'm doing. I have a lot of things I'd like to do. I'd like to build a special midget car. I mean, but the what am I gonna do? I gotta try to earn as much pot money humanly possible doing what I'm doing now before uh Donald either fires me or hires somebody younger or you know, my time's up because it's not I'm I wish I was where you're at, man, Turbo, I'll tell you, because uh, you got a long ways to go and the money's getting big and it's it's an amazing time to be a late model driver when it comes to purses. Oh yeah. So what's your retirement plan? The day you call it off, give or whatever, what do you do? Uh, I swear I'm like, I don't know if you guys saw Billy Pouch's retirement plan. They said he went out and raced on a rough track, won the night out at New Egypt. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It was, uh, it might've been Bridgeport in New Jersey and it was, it rained, whatever track was really rough. And he got out and he's like, man, my back hurts. 
my body hurts. And, and, and everybody was mad at him. The fans and promoters, how could you ever knock this place? And the guy's 60 something. And he's like washing panels Monday morning. He said, I looked at my wife and said, just leave all this stuff here. I'm going to go fishing. And that's <laughs> it. Retired right then and there. You guys got as many wins as anybody in the country doing sprints, late models, you, you know, every division. He, he won uh, a pavement modified race at Flemington on pavement. Then a week later won the truck race. So it's like, uh, I'll probably go out like that. One day you'd be like, where the hell did McCready go? And that, that'll be it. You know, you'll never see me again. Uh, but as long as I can be successful, I mean, I've backed up my date. I, I, at 50, I wanted to run modifiers, but it, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm running good. I, I'm running so good right now and feeling so so strong in, in the car that I, I want to keep going. I don't want to give up, you, you know, but sooner or later you got to, you know, sooner or later you got to figure out it's time. I don't, I don't know. It, it won't be, it'll be a lot less than I was hoping it would be, I'm sure. All right, Turbo is in uh, different services. He's driving to Florence, so we might lose him a couple times here, T Mac. Speaking yeah. of big blocks, why hasn't it like you think in your mind hasn't went grown nationally? Obviously, they dabbled in Louisiana and Texas there for a little bit, but like late models, you can go pretty much anywhere across the country besides maybe up in the Northeast New York region and have late model racing. Why do you think the big blocks have never made it, you know, glow or nationally like that? Um, I think, you know, obviously it's a unique, a unique chassis. So over the years, it's been Maryland, a little in Maryland and Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, and Canada. So, and, and their chassis is a um, square frame, main rails on the bottom, and then obviously tubular frame or results. Kind of like how the UMP modified stuff is where they got the stock front clip. It's just a unique type thing. So as the UMP and slash whatever you want to call these modified cars that has grown across the country. I think it was whatever, whenever dirt bought everything, it was a, in my opinion, a unique opportunity to roll the big block towards the UMP car and phase out. And, and I guess you could argue which one's better phase out one or the other and make them one big group. And, and uh, maybe it's a 10 year project and you figure out how to do it. It never happened. The modified deal for me personally, when I ran it, you make good money. It's it's very good money comparable to driving all over the country. You know, you're driving two hours away from home, yeah. three hours away from home, racing for five grand, racing for 10 grand to win, racing for a thousand for 10th. Besides what we do and what the sprints do, that's, you know, you look at non-wing sprints, you look at uh, USAC midgets, you look at all these other divisions, it's probably third or fourth in line and money so that's probably why a lot of guys stay in the modifieds and they don't go anywhere so it's like a matt shepherd he's pulling in there's two or three guys that can pull in well enough money to live where we live and and i just think at that point you know it glenn donnelly had a good deal where he's trying to do live tv and do all this stuff which was really good for a while in the late late mid 90s late 90s and unfortunately uh there just wasn't there's just not enough cars all over the country to do it you know so it's a little bit of that and a little bit of you know everything but uh it's it's a great division man it, it really is um i was fortunate to drive late models that's that's and they paid so much more money that here i am or i would have been racing modifieds my whole career yeah and big blocks were kind of ahead of their time a little bit with like rush hour i think that's what it was called like the midweek hour shows on cable tv so you guys always had that uh uh, uh visibility i guess you should say because i think for the 80s and 90s doing that that's pretty badass i thought 
Yeah, um, I, I've had people, like I tell my dad all the time, I've had people come up at uh, out in Oklahoma. Uh, I drove a pavement car out in California years ago when I was down south, and, and, and they just come up and they say, I watched your dad on uh, Speed Vision or, or whatever channel, TNN, you, you know, all those things. And it was all this Glenn Donnelly. This Glenn Donnelly was so far ahead of his time when it came to promoting, like, he would he had 32 tracks under a banner of rules and sanctioning bodies where i could go race friday saturday sunday and have the same rules and have the same tire rules and then have and then the guy would say oh you know what if you want to drive to my two tracks friday saturday sunday we got a couple hotel rooms for you and and some and five pit passes for your team and and when you're 25 years old 26 years old and the guy gives you two hotel rooms and five pit passes in a different town where you just got to get up and work in the parking lot and you're only an hour between two tracks. It, it's like a vacation every week. And then you meet your buddies all come down and, and uh, that's how I grew up racing. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate. Like I get to live on the road and never have to pick up after myself. You, know, you get to leave the hotel in the morning and you're gone. And, and, and uh, this was all because this Glenn Donnelly understood that promoting meant you try to get your good guys to come to the track. And then you take this collection of guys, whether it's however many run this tour, and they're guaranteed in every race. They all get paid at the worst last place money. They all get pit passes everywhere they go. He was doing this stuff in the late 80s that we're kind of doing now. So um, he was an amazing uh, pioneer. And then the TV stuff, like my whole entire career, thanks to Glenn Donnelly, has been on TV. Like the first race I ever won in a 358 small black car, uh, they had drove up to Brockville, Canada, and decided just out of the blue that they wanted to put a microphone on me all night long. Like, we got stuff from, like I said, 1996 or whatever year I started where you're on mic and you're, and it just happened to get lucky and you win that night, you know? So it's, it, it was a, a unique time. I mean, it, it's, this, this deal today is not bad. It's just, I, I think part of the problem is like, a, like an outdoor is a perfect example. Race ends. They have, they don't have the bar open upstairs with food like they used to. We'd get done with the races at whatever time it was, and the bar would be up there. And then everybody would just kind of ease up there, and you'd sit in the stands, have a drink, have a hot dog, whatever, and 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 just enjoy everybody that's there, right? And you just don't, just don't do it no more. I mean, that's that's the only problem. We just don't do that no more. But that some of it's not just on the races. We can't start the the party or the atmosphere we got to have some of it created for us and then then we blend in you know all right t-mac i will be a big advocate for that i will bring back fun at the racetrack after races we'll get that thing dialed in either eldora <laughs> fairberry uh east bay charlotte i will do this for you. that is my goal i will take uh full ownership of this coming up well i mean like i said i don't want to lay out till five in the morning or anything i just you know i i do say that i enjoy after the races, uh, hanging out with people and, and discussing how it went and, and, and fans yeah. coming in. I mean, I, I've always enjoyed that. But but also, uh, you know, like I said, Eldors, for example, when that, when that night's over with, it's it's like a pin dropped within 30 minutes of the place. So I, I don't even stay at Eldor no more. I just go and get a good shower up the road with, with a couple of buddies and hope that there's a, a little, uh, you know, Applebee's or a little bar or restaurant open that you can spend an hour winding down at. I mean, I used to do it at the track with everybody, but... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I, and I don't believe it's more racing because if that's the case, then we just need to get people to want to work harder. Cause I mean, I'm all about racing every night and I'm all about hanging out and, and then doing it all again the next day, man, I've lived 20 plus years of my life doing it that way. And I, and I wouldn't trade any of it. So, I mean, the last thing you want to do is take races away. So nobody makes money. So, 
you know, I'm all about doing it all if we can keep doing it. Turbo, you got anything? You still there? Can you hear us? I can hear you. I keep cutting in and out. I'm going to smack my woman right in the mouth when I get home. She has called me 42 <laughs> times because I, I have, like, I just woke up and then I got on this. But now, last thing I got would probably be I've become good friends with a guy you know, Buddy. Buddy, ring a bell. Oh, yeah, Justin. Yeah. Yep. Give me your best he story for and, and explain to everybody what a putty is in PG terms. I I can't explain what that is. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's triple X type stuff, right? <laughs> All right, so you know what I mean. That's that's that's, that's like uh, that's a little too intimate. I mean, you're gonna lose any any woman that might be left into the audience would be not overly happy about what that is. All right, so who is Putty? Tell him how Putty fits in this. It's crazy because Putty tells me stories about you all the time, and I just met him like two years ago. But he's hilarious. Like, uh, I'm telling you, he so he he is from uh, just outside of Avon, New York. Justin Wright, his name is. He drives a big block now. He interned, so he went to a college, like a, a mechanical school. And and Vic, my old, you know, my teammate, still still my partner. We still have Coffee McCready Enterprises, and and. Uh, Hired him as an intern. He came in as an intern, worked at the shop, and stayed there. Man, I don't even know how many years. Well over a decade. And uh, he's a great kid. He really is. And, and he's. And we just, as between going up and down the road and joking, joking around about things, he he's kind of like me. He's watched so many movies over his lifetime that he, you know, you have all the dumb sayings from Seinfeld or or whatever movie you like, and, and, and he's just a good kid, and he'll do anything for you. Now he's building shocks, obviously, with Integra, uh, besides driving his car and everything, and, and um, you know, huge, huge Bills fan like me. You can go to games and talk about stuff like that, and, and uh, just a good all-around kid, and funny, funny as hell. I mean, he really is. Yeah, I, I, he's one of my good friends. Give me the best one about him racing, him and Scott at, uh, what are those Canada tracks? He unloaded, remember? It's you oh, and was, no, it was with Josh. Josh is in it. Oh, it was it, so. I think it was it was it. Uh, it was either Rolling Wheels or Fonda. He we let him drive a late model car, and and uh, because he always wanted to, he talked about it, talk about it. We had a victory circle that we had run in. I don't even know how many years. So we put him in this thing, and he wheels out and somehow gets qualified somewhere near the front. Is that what you're thinking? The one where he's supposed to start yeah. up front? And he and he and he's sitting there, and he literally said. I, I don't think I can do this. And that Bloomquist come over and thanked him for getting the hell out of the way because he was like, he should never have been as far up as he was. And he was all over the place basically the whole entire time. But he, uh, he, I, I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting some of it, but he definitely, uh, he's got crazy stories. Like him and my little brother wrecked at Canadagua, I think last year. And, and we told him because they were both, in, and it was really dusty and nobody could see. And they had this huge wreck on the front stretch. And, and, and Justin rolled this poor guy over, run into him, got up underneath him and rolled this dude over on the front stretch. And, and I was watching on my phone and I'm like, next day, I'm like, dude, you just crashed my brother. You literally crashed my brother. His whole goddamn car's tore up. And he's like, wait a minute, this some bitch started behind me. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. He did start behind me and you crashed him somehow on top of crashing that other guy that you flipped over. He's like, wait a minute. He ran into me. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. All I know is you destroyed his shit. Like you have destroyed this guy's car, even though he's behind you, even though he drove into that wreck. It's all your fun. He just like he just takes stuff like a champ. I mean, he's he's an amazing dude. I mean, he really is. I wish he could go on the road with us all the time, but he's just like everybody else. He get decided to get engaged or get a girl, and here we are. That's part of the reason why you lose good guys. They decide they want family life. It's 
it's tough. I mean, you know, um, this, this isn't, this racing isn't for the faint of heart. You know, I'm in Cincinnati right now and flew out yesterday afternoon to get picked up to come here at my buddy Eddie's shop. And we're in the, I'm not even with the car. And then we either come back here, or we'll find a Walmart parking lot. You know how it is. It's, uh, it's glamorous until they realize how hard it is to do it. And then it's not as glamorous as everybody thought it was. Exactly. Exactly. I think I'm at a Cane's parking lot right now. Cheeseburgers. So Cheeseburgers been driving. I've been, he's pissed off because we stopped and I didn't get out to pump diesel with him. And now we're, oh, yeah. we're Florence Cane's right now trying to find something to eat. They are. I, they'll probably just eat, not even get me nothing. That's how it's going to go. Yeah. So I'm going to have to eat at the track. It's terrible. I, uh, they, they, uh, my guys, I'm sure get mad at me. They do a good job of, uh, not showing it. Cause I'm probably at the wrong, I, I don't really, uh, like if we start, we don't, if we start arguing, it would never work out. So most of the guys, like they just listen to me pop off and then we move on to the next thing. They're really, they're good dudes. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, you know how it is you get to surround yourself with good people. Cause that truck, even though those things are worth a lot of money and they're beautiful, I don't think people understand. It doesn't matter. They get small quick, very quickly yeah. when you're not running good, you know, so you try to do the best you can. Crown Royal yeah. usually helps you with that. Sometimes. What's Frog been up to? Have you talked to him? I haven't seen him. I miss uh, him. Frog, I, I, seen him, I see him once a year, twice a year, and we don't talk as much as we used to. He He's retired. Um, we were just talking the other day, like me and Eddie, when Eddie picked me up, we were talking about it. it was amazing how I ran all these races. And, and granted, like if we were here, Eddie and his two sons, Ethan and Jake would be at the races. If I was out in uh, North Dakota, a couple guys might pop in out of the stands. There would be nights when Frog and I would be racing. I remember once we were in Batesville, Arkansas for a, for a race, oh, and not the topless. And this guy's like, man, it's just you two. And I'm like, yeah, it's just us two. And he's like standing there, and I'm like, you know how to run a torque wrench? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, then torque that right rear and put the tire <laughs> on the car. And like, that that's how it would be. Like, we did this for well over a year, and, and um, and his attitude was the greatest attitude in the world. If anybody's ever met Frog, they all said the same thing, man. That guy was amazing. And, and he ended up being helping me move shirts over the years that, like, wouldn't sell. We had these shirts that I thought one year was made up by a guy back where I lived were the ugliest things I've ever seen. They looked like a, a bowling team, a bunch of bowling team shirts, and they're made out of that that dry fit. And back then, the guy's like, I'm going to have to charge you like 26, 27 bucks a shirt is what I'm paying for these things. This guy wants me to sell these things. I'm like, look at dude, you can't, you can't charge that much. I'm going to have to sell these things for 40 bucks. Like, you can't. So we get these shirts, and we take them up to like, God, where were we? We're in Michigan. And Nobody, I get them listed for 40 bucks. Not a person buys a one for four days up this area. And I'm like, man, this is terrible. I'm going to be, these shirts, we're going to be stuck with these shirts for 10 years. And this frog's like, maybe we need to sell them for 50. Literally bumped the price up. And then they all started selling because we went to, we went to, <laughs> we went to Charlotte and every dude from Montreal, Quebec bought one. Because if you, you've never seen anybody that lives in Quebec or Montreal or Canada, they wear crazy looking shirts and they thought they were the greatest things in the world and frog sold every one of them. I'm like, I don't even get it, you know, but that's, that's racing, I guess. But he's, he was, he could, he could put you in a shirt and have you out the door before he even knew what was going on. Good dude, man. Good dude. So I'm noticing during all these stories of just different parts of the country or even North America, Canada, 
Florida, all this. What's your favorite part of the country or even in Canada do you love traveling to the most? Obviously, you have like the Wild West tour with the outlaws you've been on, yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Chili Bowl, Florida, it, every few weeks. What do you like? It changes with age. You know, when you're younger, when you're younger, you're all about going to Canada because, like, I live closer. Oh, Quebec's told I live me. Quebec is told I live closer to Montreal than I ever did to New York City. So I've been to Montreal, I, I don't even know. And we'd have. I think it was three or four racetracks that are right around Montreal. And then you just, it's just a different world up there. There would be guys in Quebec and, and I don't speak French and, and most of the guys on the team don't. So these guys would literally climb under your car. When I was a kid and going with my dad, they just climb under the car and lay right next to a guy that's putting the drive shaft in there and just act like, yeah, you know, I might climb in your seat in 10 minutes and they don't speak English. And you're like, Hey dude, you know, can I have a little room to work? It's just us in there. They're 100% crazy, crazy out of control fans. And um, so I love that stuff. I mean, I, I love, I love it when places are going nuts. Like Lernerville is one of my favorite places. That place usually is on top of everything when it comes to what's going on. If it rains, you look over there and there's people sliding down a mud hill and doing donuts on four wheelers. And then they got concerts going on and things going on. Like that's, that's what, I think we need to work for. I, I uh, years ago, when Bill Sleeper went out to um, California and tested an off-road truck, like with uh, I forget who drove it. Uh, this this Twitch, he was a uh, uh, what the heck you call it, uh, X Games guy, and then Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, well, these guys were both driving these trucks. So like, hey, can you come out here and help these guys? They're having trouble with the corners or whatever. So I fly out there and we drive this truck around. I don't even know these guys. I mean, I know McGrath obviously a little from TV, but the other guy didn't even know. But when we got done, they said, hey, we got to take that truck over to this off-road course 20 minutes down the road and jump the truck. So I went over, too, and literally pull into this thing, and these guys see this monster energy truck, and out of nowhere, 200 people show up just to watch. And they're looking for McGrath, you know, because he's a big-time star, and he had to take off and go do something. But that's what I mean. It's an event. Those, those truck races were a huge event where they would have tents, they would have parties, they would have everything going on all day long to make it more than just a one shot race. And, and then you never see these people again. And, and um, that's the next step is to, how do you cross promote all this stuff to, to make it like that? And then, you know, I'm not, not be able to enjoy it because I'm getting old, but Turbo's the guy, he's the next in line, Bobby Pierce, all these guys, they're the next in line and they need to, they've got stories, but they need to have ones like, like I had growing up because that's what keeps us young, man. <laughs> And so that's how you stay young. I, I've lived it. I've lived it longer than anybody. Not not maybe as hard as some of these other drivers, but I've been being up and being part of the atmosphere. I've been 100% a part of that. Maybe the other stuff, you know, that's why I can still do it. I didn't live the, the crazy extracurricular <laughs> stuff, but the I fun loving stuff, I've been 100% in on that. Wow. That's why I love you, T-Mac. Uh, hey, Turbo, you ever been up in Canada for a race? Oh, yeah. Me and Joel Rogers, we went to Niagara Falls, crossed the border one time. My truck. Long story short, Blue Airline had to get a Canadian mechanic. Guy tried to hose me for like 1800 and he was too big to get under my truck. Like he was literally just too fat. And he he didn't do shit. Like he didn't do nothing. He just brought me the stuff to fix it. So we're at the casino parking lot in Niagara Falls and Mark Richards is there. This is when I first started racing. Didn't know nobody. So I just followed him around. Didn't know whatever. And uh, about nine hours later, I get my truck fixed. There's an airline whatever fix all this shit and me and joel like i'm telling you i'm killed like filthy dirty tired i take a shower and joel's like let's cross the border i was like all right and we crossed the border and 
long story short, about, I don't know, if we went over at 9, about 6.45, and the next morning we came back from the border. Because you can be 18, and it's like you're of age. And we were 17 and 16, but they didn't care there. So you could just do whatever you wanted. And it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a really, really good time. And Joel, he, he clams up every time we talk about it, because he told Mark we went to the <laughs> casino for nine. That's That's what we did, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why Mark got a hold of Joel to keep him calm, and now he works for Mark Richards. Have you ever got uh, stopped at the border and one of your crew guys had to, like, stay back? Kovac always tells stories, like, when the outlaws went up there, that sometimes going across those borders are sketchy a little bit. Well, I mean, heck, we got stopped because we got – Vic got sent back twice because <laughs> when he was younger, he had, you know, a uh, 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 driving while impaired. I mean, when he was younger. Like, I'm talking – 15, 20 years ago, and it, they just, you're just not allowed in. If that stuff pops up, they'll just be like, hey, dude, look, you're not going in. So when you try to go in with that and you don't call ahead of time or try to do anything with a lawyer, they mark that down. That's worse than basically, I don't even know. It seems like it's the worst thing ever because we tried to go over in Winnipeg and they turned that Vic around, and I'm talking like guns, had them pulled over, didn't know if they were going to let them back in, and they're like, hey, you tried to get over in Quebec eight months ago and he's like yeah they're like hey well, they told you eight months ago don't ever come back and he's like I'm racing you know it's just it's a weird deal I got held back after 9-11 I got over and come back and literally we're at Elks Bay New York which is, is 20 minutes from where I grew up and we're sitting there and the border's doing construction and it's me Greco Jeff Niskus and, and as we're sitting there they got us all out of the truck I don't have a birth certificate on me because I didn't hit bring it. And they're not, they're not going to let anybody in. And at the same time, the construction guys are all from Watertown. And they're like, hey, how did it go last night? How'd you make out? And you get one wrong person and they just, it's just a fiasco. I mean, um, I think that's why we stopped kind of going up there just because it got to be really hard. I mean, you had to have this manifest and you had to do all these things. And at the end of the day, they, you know, but once you get over it, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing place to race. Canada is. Like I said, 100% committed. Uh, if you've ever been to sporting events up there, I, my buddy Amel, Mike Amel, just went to the Formula One race two weeks ago up there, said, amazing time. I mean, it's uh, unfortunately with the border, it just makes it tough on us with these trucks. When I first raced, I raced every Thursday night in Brockville, Ontario. Uh, and you just knew the people. They, they, you literally stopped for five minutes just to tell them how the night went. And But that's 1996, man. And then once the you know, 9-11 happens, it's just been, it's just tough. It's, I don't know how Matt Williamson does it every week, honestly. Like, I know for a while he was COVID tests in, COVID tests out, and, and the craziest stuff just to do it, you know. So, I don't know. It is what it is. It's, it's a, but I would love to go over there some more. I, I've always enjoyed racing in Canada. All right. So, we went 38 minutes and 26 seconds before an AML uh, yeah. mentioned on the podcast. I was told not to even bring him up, and then you brought him up. So there we go. That was uh, I thought it might have been a little bit quicker, but I love AML. He's always a good guy being at Speed Weeks. Turbo, got any final thoughts for T-Mac before you guys go racing at Florence tonight? Make sure you uh, you'll have to probably have a cushion up tonight, T-Mac. He won at Florence literally in the bottom a local show. Of all the fucking times to go to Florence, he goes to a, a local 3,000 win and beats Josh Rice in the bottom. Something was up because I still have never seen a video. I don't know. I don't even know if they raced, but they said he won. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah, it was unbeatable. Listen, that was that's nerve wracking. They had a different tire roll. They had open 
basically open tires. We rolled in there, didn't even know they had open tire roll. It was like 13, 50 and harder. And I'm like, hey man, we only got like 30s and and we had one set of 1350s and a 30 right rear and a 40. And I'm like, yeah, uh, we're beat. Because Rice's brother put a 14 and a quarter. And I said, yeah, we're beat tonight. And, you know, I just, I didn't bring that car back. So I guess I will find out how smart I am. That, that car is back at the shop. So we'll, we'll see. I love Florence. I mean, listen, uh, that, that place is like what I want out of racing. You can get anything you want. You can get in the infield and pass cars. You can get up on that wall and pass cars. Uh, as long as the straightaways aren't too rough, it's, it's a fun place to race. So I'm, I'm all about running there. Yeah, it has grown on me. I used to hate it, but now I've just figured out where I where I belong, and that's in the fence with the Josh Rice line. Hey, dude, that's I'm telling good. you, you want to talk about hating it. Uh, I used to run there for the first few times I went there, and I think I ran side-by-side side with Bart Hartman for 65, 70 laps for, like, 12th, and, and it was so slick, and you could barely push the gas down. And he immediately passes me and puts a 10 car lengths on me in a quarter lap, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't fun. You know how hard it is to pass a guy on the black ice. And then they, they just changed it. All of a sudden, they widened it, which was amazing, and moved the infield in. And, and now it's it's a, it's a racy joint. So, yeah, it's a, unfortunately, you're going to have some work to do after. But that's okay. You can race on it. I don't mind the work after. It's like when you can't race and you got to do the work after is frustrating. But it's um, now we're, we're ready, man. We're ready for it. Also, Perfect. a quote from your 2017 uh, North-South victory. Bloomquist had the great line is saying, I guess the only way to win here is beating down the boards. Because I think, like, you won it one year, then Bobby won it on the top. So it was a vintage uh, Bloomquist moment when he was a little butthurt after the race. <laughs> yeah, that happens. I mean, there was a time where you had to do – I'd never forget he told me that uh, before I got good at, at, at a lot of races, we were at um, uh, Batesville for the top plus. And he, what did he tell me? He said something along the line of, because he won a heat, I led for eight laps out of a 15-lap heat, and he comes along and passes it and then tells me later on that night that I got a short-run car. And, you know, you're just all about it being on the gas. And then I'm like, all right, man, I'll tell you what. Sooner or later, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And and then when I do, I might – we'll see what happens if I decide to ease into your quarter panel when I go by. Because years ago, I run into that guy years ago under the yellow at Bulls Gap. I was so mad because he scared me. When he, when he passed me, he clipped me, and I like wheel warped down the backstretch and almost went out the gate, and it scared the hell out of me, and I never saw him until the yellow come out of lap 50, and I run right in the side of him. And then, so I was thinking, you'll see, he, and then he ends up winning by a half a track, and I'm like, wasn't oh, that great? After I caved his door, and he went even faster. So when I finally got to where I could beat him, I went over and told him, hey, thanks for giving me the business that night, because you really, you had me so jacked off that I finally figured out how to make this car better at Batesville and then one out like a, a year later and immediately won the topless. So sometimes, you know, you got to watch what you say to people. Cause if you get them too fired up, they'll learn how to do this stuff. You know what I mean? And, and he's good at firing everybody up. I give him that. Turbo, anything else for T-Mac? One more question. That's it. That's good. I like that one. <laughs> better mic drop. I'm a, mic I, I lost 10% on my phone about a minute or two ago. So I don't even know how long I'll be on this thing. <laughs> All right. Well, T-Mac, Thank you for joining us. I appreciate taking time out of your day, especially on race day at Florence. Uh, good luck this weekend. Hopefully you and Turbo stay away from each other unless you guys are duking it out for first or second. Then you guys can, uh, you know, go elbows up, gloves off a little bit. Yeah. We race good. I, I've learned. I own one still. He knows I got one coming. I told him it's not enough money. He wasn't even mad. Brunswick, I, I clipped him in the heat. Right rear chicken wing, left front fender. And I was like, I know who that was. I was like, fuck. So then I come in, he did for whole days. The next day I roll up and we're looking at the track. I was like, 
fucking say it or hit me or something. He's like, no. Oh. He said, that was just a heat race. He said, I'll save everyone's worth a lot of money. I'm like, Jesus. But it's not like a vendetta. It's not like a, I'm like, wait. And I'm just like, it's going to be one day when I don't even think nothing about it. I'm going to be like, this motherfucker. <laughs> it's it's going to be. I don't know if I know how to hit people hard anymore. Most, my hard hits are more like rubs anymore. You know, I don't, I used to know how to hit people hard. Now anymore, I swear to God, I feel like I hit somebody and then they have like a small tire mark on their numbers. So I don't even know if I know how to do that anymore. But, you know, you know how it is. You just. You race people how you get raced. And honestly, when you did it that night, I knew what was going on. I, I could have got out of there too, and I didn't. And it's one of those deals. The, the one at the end of the straightaway was the one that really bothered me more just because once you know somebody's still on you. But that's part of it. I mean, it's you just go back and do it again. If I feel like I'm wronged, I'll figure it out. If I don't, then you and I get along good enough that I probably won't even worry about it anymore. But it's nice to know that you still remember. Oh, I don't forget. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it.